Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. He's like, what are you doing? So we started telling him and he just started crying and he was like, he's like, I was just praying uh, to God and I asked him, what church I should go to. He's like, I feel like I want to, I want to get closer to you, but I don't know where to go. He's like, and then I looked up and he's like, Oh, like I saw you guys and the light was shining. And, um, he was just kind of joking around with us, but he's like, you guys are my angels. Like I just, I prayed to God and, um, then you guys were right there when I opened my eyes. Welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. And sitting alongside me is Caitlin you want your full name or just your, what do you want? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Sister Smart at the time. Sister Smart at Caitlin the time. Caitlin Card now. Yeah. So we had Caitlin's husband who came on. Um, he was a pretty incredible story. I was not expecting out of that, uh, all of that. Like it was, he joined the church, went on a mission, was kind of sharing the the cultural experience and the growth that came with that and, and you know, his family and, and all that. Um, but we're excited to have Caitlin here. And I've known Caitlin since at least sophomore year in high school. Yeah. And um, I've had some good times. <laughs> and uh, anyways, Caitlin, you went on a mission and I wasn't expecting that because at the time when we grew up, you know, as usually young men would go and not young women, but mm-hmm. why, why did you decide to serve a mission? Um, good question. I was living in St. George and going to school but I felt like something was missing and I couldn't really pinpoint what and it was kind of driving me crazy um but I was praying about it and I just felt very very strongly to be patient and I was like okay patient for what (laughs) yeah patient for what so I just whatever kept going to school working and um as soon as the age change happened it was very clear. Like I turned in my papers the next day, even though I really wasn't planning on. You were planning to go on a mission. You're just like, I know something needs to change yeah. and I'm not sure what it is. Not and sure what I needed to do something, but didn't know what it was. Awesome. Until that. So, and to reflect back, it was October of 2012 when the age change was announced. Mm-hmm. And so do you remember where you were, what you were doing or was, was there kind of like a, like a lightning bolt? Like, okay, the mission's what I need to do. I was actually, so I was working at Gold's Gym and I was also working at Jimmy John's as a delivery driver. During conference that weekend, I was driving and I remember my mom texted me. She's like, did you hear? She's like, have you turned in your papers yet? And I was like, what? And, and then I feel like social media and uh, my texts started, (laughs) started blowing up. And um, yeah, once I found out, and I went and watched it, then I, it just, yeah, it hit me pretty strongly. I knew like immediately that that's what I was supposed to do next. And that's what I wanted to do. So I literally met with my bishop the next day and like, so that was on Saturday that it was announced. I met with him the next day, met with my stake president the following week. And I had my call in November. Wow. So moving quick. Yeah. Left in February. So you get your mission call and you're opening this paper that's going to, you know, really impact your life. What were your thoughts 
at that moment? Like put us in that moment when you're opening the paper and what was going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was just really nervous. Did I, you have any like preconceived ideas? Like, okay, I'm going to go here or like people in my family have gone here. So this is like, I was secretly kind of hoping I would learn Spanish just because I felt like it'd be valuable learning yeah. <laughs> or living in Arizona and, you know, just a good language to know. But yeah. that was the only thing that I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Um, I would thought it'd be cool to go out of States or stay here. I, I honestly had no idea. So it was just totally random. <laughs> so, so you open up your mission call and what, what, what was your call at the time? Because we know it changed later mm -hmm. on, but what was it? So it was, originally? it was originally uh, Missouri Independence. And what was your so. <laughs> biggest concern at the, like at the time? I just, I was like, Missouri, like what? <laughs> so random. Um, middle of nowhere. I mean, just Midwest. I had, didn't know anything about it. Um, but I feel like a lot of people started talking to me about independence and like all the church sites there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I was called full proselyting and there are people called to visitor centers. So I didn't think that I would end up serving there or whatever. I thought it'd be cool to be in the area, but I actually did end up serving at the Liberty Jail. So it was, it was pretty cool. So your mission was in independence. Like help us paint a picture. Like when you come from Arizona to independence and you've never been there before, like what was, what was that like? Like what were some of the, like the big differences? Differences. Very green. It was super pretty. I remember getting out of the plane and just being hit with humidity, which I had lived in Hawaii not too long before that. So it was <laughs> similar to that. Very, very humid, but very, very green, really hilly, windy roads, not like grid, like Arizona. Um, so <laughs> that was different driving there. And yeah, it was just super pretty. Awesome. And you said that one of your, your early areas was Liberty Jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us, so you were proselyting, were you proselyting before the Liberty Jail or you were just put into a visitor center or how'd that work out? It was actually my first area. So, so right. You'd gone to the MTC preparing to like yeah. knock on doors and stuff. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to be full proselyting to start out. And when we, when you get to that mission, the mission president and his wife take you to some of the church sites. There's the Liberty Jail, it's in Liberty, Missouri. There's Adamondi Amen. Okay. There's um, like a Pioneer Cemetery. There's the Independence Visitor Center, which is right across the street from like the Community of Christ, and they still have uh, some of the artifacts and stuff. Like I think they have the original door to the Liberty Jail, and we have the key still. So it's kind of like some museums and stuff like that. So tell us about Liberty Jail. Like what did you learn at Liberty Jail? Cause there's tons of lessons that, that, that we've, you know, that church has gained, you know, from that experience that Joseph Smith and, mm -hmm. and others have had there. But what was, what was Liberty Jail for you? It was, first of all, it was a lot of fun. Like if, I don't know, members or whoever gets called there, it's, just a ton of fun because you live in a house right next door with eight sisters. So it's kind of just it's a, a party. party all the time. <laughs> yeah. Some, some fun times for sure. But the Liberty jail itself, I feel like the biggest thing I learned was just, I feel like I 
got to know Joseph Smith. Like it might sound kind of weird, but I feel like I got to know like his spirit um, and just like learning in depth about it all. I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I just got to know him and then random lots of facts that we would throw in all of our, our tours every day. So. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I imagine there's probably a lot of members that go through there. Was, was there a lot of non-members as well that you had heard of, you know, Liberty Jail? There actually was. Um, random people stopping by would just look up things to do and they thought it was like a museum. So we had, we had some of that and then they ended up on this spiritual tour that we were taking them around the visitor center. They're like, what did I get myself into? But, um, I went to a jail and felt the spirit. Like what's going yeah, on? Yeah. Where am I? Um, some people that thought it was a real jail, like still <laughs> just like <laughs> looking are, in. Where are the prisoners at? <laughs> yeah. People that were just curious about it or that lived around. Um, another pretty interesting thing about the people that came there was, um, and I didn't really think about this before, but, um, other churches like community of Christ, yeah, um, they, FLDS, they believe Joseph Smith was yeah, a prophet. And, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's their history as well. So they would Interesting. come, they'd come and tour and it was kind of cool to get to know them and yes, kind of see their culture a little bit. And we have like some of the same roots. Yeah. So book of Mormon, Joseph mm -hmm. Smith. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of cool. And I was, I was just reflecting back. There was a guy that I taught on my mission and I hate talking about myself cause it's not about me, but I wanted to thank like you and, and sister missionaries that are at the visitor center because he told me he, he would join the church if he didn't have a problem with smoking and he went to Liberty jail and he seemed to be a guy that always kind of like ran away from the spirit. He's like, Oh, like I'm done. <laughs> like I'm out of here. Yeah. And he had gone there with his wife, who's a member and the sister missionary like cornered him after like their lesson was like, Hey, I know you felt the spirit and you need to make some changes. Like you need to follow this. Like, why are you running away? Mm -hmm. And he was just like, he's telling me the story. I'm in Mississippi. And he's like, this girl knew like what my thoughts were. And like, <laughs> I don't know if he joined the church yet, mm -hmm. but like, I'm so appreciative of the boldness of sister missionaries in the visitor center. Just like, Hey, <laughs> like, don't lie now. <laughs> like, yeah. They are cornered, literally. Yeah, in a building. You, you put them in the jail cell, and yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's easier than I don't know when they're in that environment versus like their house knocking on their door. Sure, it's definitely a different. Yeah, when they come to you versus mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, tell us, you you served in Liberty Jail. Where where did you serve after that? After Liberty Jail, I was called to Manhattan, and that's when the time of my mission split. So. It combined with Colorado Springs, uh, part of Missouri Independence, and then it created Kansas, Wichita. So then I um, served in Manhattan, uh, Kansas, which is where like K-State is and, and all that. And that when, was my second area. When that happened, because there's been a lot of missionaries like due to COVID that have had to come home and then gotten new mission calls or whatever. Mm -hmm. Were you, were you like devastated that your mission was changing, even though you're still kind of in the same geographic area or like, what advice would you give to someone that might feel like, oh, this isn't my mission or like, I don't belong here. Or, did mm -hmm. you have those feelings or not really? Yeah. To be honest, at first it was really hard. 
I remember they like you had, felt like cheated or whatever. Like yeah. it's not what you said when I was going. Yeah, like it was kind of yeah. confusing. I'm like, I was called here and and I had just met my mission president and I had bonded with all these sisters at the visitor center and and then all of a sudden just me and a couple others were whisked um, away. Yeah, we're whisked away. And I was like, what just happened? And I was still a fairly new missionary. So I feel like I was still adjusting to mission life anyway. So it was, it was pretty hard. Um, but what, what advice I would give, yeah. I would, um, the biggest thing, and I think this applies to anything about a mission, but the biggest thing I would tell them is in going, um, to just try and be flexible and to allow like what the Lord has in store for your mission to just kind of fall into place. Um, cause it, I mean, I wasn't called to the Missouri independence mission. I was just called to that mission. You're experience. called to serve and then assigned. Mission. Yeah. 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 So allowing just the whole thing to unfold and that, I mean, serving at the Liberty jail was amazing and I loved it, but that was just a tiny little piece of like the whole experience. So if I would be so caught up on that, then I feel like it would hold me back from allowing everything else to unfold. Yeah. You might be like too bitter, like hard hearted to like even let like mm-hmm. the spirit work on you and for sure teach you who were, who were some of your companions that like left a, a pretty big impact on you to this day? Um, okay. My trainer, first of all, sister Manal, <laughs> she, I, I was like so lucky to, to have her. I was only with her for one transfer sadly, cause she was finishing her mission. So then I got a companion right after that. Right. Um, and just to help clarify transfers is six weeks long and typically you're trained for two transfers. Mm-hmm. So you can, that, that was kind of cut short, but what, what was yeah. it about sister Manal that was so helpful or, or taught you a lot? She was just a party. <laughs> <laughs> she was so, so fun. Um, and she was just very, very different from like the friends I grew up with. So I, I don't know. I loved hanging out with her all the time and she was just so fun. She was from Maryland. She was going to live in London after she, she was just very unique and so fun to be around. Um, very hardworking and just had so much energy. And so I feel like she started the mission out for me on a really good work note. hard. Yeah. yeah. Really good pace. Work hard, but like enjoy it. Oh yeah. Have which is a huge so lesson. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for her for sure. Um Sister Call, she we our nickname was Sister Small because we were literally the same person. Like Sister Smart and Sister Call combined was Sister Small. <laughs> we were only together one transfer too, but we served around each other our entire missions up until she went home um like she was in independence when i was at the liberty jail so we were at visitor center stuff together district meeting probably Um, or or zone conference stuff yeah like zone conferences um and then we both went to manhattan uh we both were in topeka we were stls like the same time so yeah um she's like a her for sure yeah. And she, it's, it's actually really funny. We have like the same, but opposite life. <laughs> she was like born in 
Arizona. I was born in Utah and then we switched. She's second oldest of six kids. I'm second youngest of six. Same number of uh, brothers and sisters. And anyways, just tons of the same stuff. It's like no coincidence. It's like the that, parent trap when you're at yeah. like girls <laughs> camp. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and she actually lives here now. Um, oh, nice. With her husband and she has a little boy. So we're still and living the same life. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So she was one of the companions for sure that left a big impact. Awesome. Um, and then I was going to ask about your mission president and his wife mm-hmm. and you had two mission presidents, right? Or did you have more than two? Uh, just two. Yeah. It seems like every mission president kind of has like a theme about them or like something that people take away. Mm-hmm. What was it about your mission presidents that like those lessons that they taught that like when you think of them like, oh, that was, that was them. Like that was their, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So my first mission president, I was only, um, with them for, oh geez, three or four transfers. So that's what, like four months. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind is just his like humility. He is like the sweetest man. You walk into the room and like, I feel like the spirit is just like, so thick. I feel like he looks into you, your face and you feel like he's like. Could he look into your soul? Did yeah, you have that? Literally. Yeah. That's to me, that's like a spiritual gift <laughs> and people have that. And like, if yes. you haven't had that, you'll know when you, when you <laughs> talk to someone that has that. Yes. And he, he definitely has that. And I just, I remember meeting with him that you <clears throat> felt like he, like you were the only thing he was thinking about like that day. Like he made you feel like very, very like special and. Yeah, I don't know. He just had a very strong spirit about him. Um, so that was, was President President Kais. Kais. Yeah, he was he was awesome. And then my second uh, mission president, which is the mission president that I had, like the majority of my mission, uh, President Bell. And first thing that comes to my mind for him is his enthusiasm. I feel like he had so much energy and like was. Um, very like, I don't know the word flexible and constantly changing things like just like, go, 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 like getting things done. Um, and, but, and he also, I don't know, just him and mama bell. I feel like you could tell they like loved the mission and loved us as missionaries. Just the fact that you called her mama bell. Like, <laughs> and that's what mission presidents become. Like they become like your parents. Like yeah. you definitely feel love from them. And yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Mom and Bell. You had a couple of things written down here that you wanted to talk about that you that you had wanted to address, and you told us about Gerard. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Gerard. Who's Gerard? Um, and I don't even know why this is the first this story is the thing that you I put down. So <laughs> I like we got to talk about this. Yeah. Um, I think it's because when people ask what, like, what miracles I saw on my mission and what are some of my favorite stories? It's probably the one of the most like direct, like powerful stories that I feel like I experienced. So I, it's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, it was very end of my mission. I think I had a month left. So like, yeah, very, very end. And I remember just praying like crazy for, miracles. Cause I was trying to like finish strong. Like I was going home for me was really, really hard. And so 
I was like trying so hard to just like finish strong and you say finish strong, like, like you were getting tired or like you didn't want to get like distracted or, I mean, I was tired, but also mission work is it's exhausting. <laughs> it is very exhausting. Yeah. Definitely. have never been more tired in my life. Um, but yeah, not just, not just feeling tired, just feeling like I accomplished all that I could. Like yeah. I think most, you're all, and, yeah. Yeah. Gave it your all. I feel like most missionaries kind of feel that at the end, like, oh crap, like it, this yeah. is it. Like, did I do everything I needed to, or that, um, that the Lord wanted me to accomplish while I was here. And so I just remember praying like crazy. And, um, there was this one day where typical, typical mission story where like, you all your appointments fall through. Nothing is working out that day. It's like four days it's, out of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah to, I mean, sounds about right. Um, so we were sitting in our car and we're like, literally had every hour planned and we're already down, you know, <laughs> to the end because all these plan Z. Yeah. And so we start going through the ward roster and there was this uh, less active family that kind of stood out to us a little bit. Like I was like, I don't even know if this is prompting or what but I was like I feel like we should go here so we go to this apartment complex that family wasn't even home um as we're leaving the complex there was um this man sitting in his his truck and he just he rolls down his window and um he like was like acting so funny and I didn't know what what was going on but he called us over he's like what are you doing and we explained, we're like, oh, cool. Like someone approached us. We started telling him and he just started crying. And he was like, he's like, I was just praying uh, to God. And I asked him what church I should go to. He's like, I feel like I want to, I want to get closer to you, but I don't know where to go. He's like, and then I looked up and he's like, oh, like I saw you guys and the light was shining. And um he was just kind of joking around with us, but he's like, you guys are my angels. Like I just, I prayed to God and, um, then you guys were right there when I opened my eyes. And so, yeah, I don't even know what he's up to nowadays, but he came to church that Sunday. He, um, he read a book of Mormon, like pretty quick and was excited about it. I don't know if he's baptized or what he's up to, but I, just know that for a fact you like, answered his prayer. Yeah, that yeah. it was an answer to his prayers. And um that was that's why it's one of my favorite stories because it was so clear. Like there's no denying that he literally prayed and then we were right there. Um which goes to show I feel like things like that happen all the time that I didn't even know if that was a prompting or what. We were just trying to fill our time and we were trying to do our best. Um but we had been praying like crazy for miracles and to accomplish whatever we needed to. Um, and the Lord took care of the rest. It just yeah. fell into place. That's such a powerful lesson. Cause I feel like, I feel like there's so many times where you, you get down to plan Z mm-hmm. and I had like a wise companion be like, okay, we're not where we need to be. Like heavenly father needs us somewhere else. We need to like turn to him, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, we've been trying to, but like, we've kind of like made our plans and he's saying like, those aren't your plans today. It's like, get over on this side of town. Yeah. And it all works out, which is, is crazy. Yeah, miracle. There's there's miracles like that every day mm-hmm. on your mission. If you'll just and and in life, you know. Yeah. And the better you get at like recognizing those, the easier your life becomes and like understanding your purpose and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. 
there any other stories that you want to share or um you've got you've got a little boy <laughs> what stories does he need to know from his mom um, or what advice man what advice what stories I mean I a couple other stories that stand out to me when I'm like reflecting back on my mission um would be Miss April she was when I was in Manhattan. I love her already. <laughs> I know. Ms. April. She wouldn't call us Sister Smart, which is, I mean, what you go by on your mission. She would only, I think she called me Mama Smart. Mama Smart or like Miss Smart. Like she refused to, she just had a lot of attitude. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, I just loved her. Like I feel like we just clicked with her. And she'd always, she'd always come to church with us. Um, she loved to drink and smoke. So I feel like she had a hard time giving that up to, um, before getting baptized. But, um, while teaching her, there was one P day where we got a call from her. We're like playing volleyball and running around having Nerf gun wars. And we get a call from her and she said that her husband had died. And we were like the first one she called. And so just being there for her during that period of her life um, and teaching her about the plan of salvation, like was very, very powerful. Um, And just taught me that everything we go through in life, like we can always, if we turn back to God, like that's what we need. Like that's what our spirits are seeking. And so being able to, um, help her through that and offer some comfort to her through the gospel was, was really, really cool. Awesome. Miss April. Miss like April. She is. Did she ever <laughs> get baptized or, or she, just get friends with the sisters? Or? She hasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, just an eternal investigator. Um, I think she will one day for sure. Yeah. She'll still randomly call me though. Like I'll get like Aww. a five minute voicemail. Miss <laughs> <laughs> <Ms>. Smart. <laughs> She's really cute. <laughs> Aww. What was, what was the hardest thing for you as a missionary? The hardest thing. I mean, definitely just the exhaustion. Like we kind of already talked about and then some companionships were definitely a little more, <laughs> more difficult. Um, what, what advice would you give to someone that has a difficult companionship? Cause that's not like, that's not like some people experience it. It's like a hundred percent of missionaries will have a difficult companionship and it's not yeah. because one person's good or bad or whatever, but we're just different people and we operate differently. And so sometimes it doesn't mesh too well. Yeah. I feel like just, just like with anything hard, um, just get on your knees. <laughs> that's like, and also serve them. Um, but like, I remember, I don't even know what it was exactly, but I remember an experience, um, just praying so, so hard during one of those hard times and feeling like a literal hug, like while praying. And I don't know, like, I feel like it was like, you still can't tell an ancestor or like, I don't even know what, like, but I literally felt like a physical hug, um, while praying. And that was, I feel like I was so humbled, like from like whatever it was that was so hard, um, that I was able to like feel the comfort so strongly from praying. So those hard times are definitely, I mean, worth it. 
Um, I also think it's cool. Like missions are more supportive of people getting help, like while they're out or, or changing the type of service so they can, you know, mm -hmm. serve to the best of their ability. Yeah. 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 So they're definitely like accommodating, but yeah. Cause I think mental health is huge while you're serving and after. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking sure. of, of afterwards, you come home from your mission and like, you've been focused on like, I'm teaching people 24 seven and then you come home and it's like, everything just like stops. Mm -hmm. What advice? <laughs> it sounds like you like know what I'm talking about. Like, was, for was sure. that hard for you coming home? And, and like, what advice would you give to yeah. someone that's like really struggling like with that adjustment? Um, yeah, it was like really hard for me. <laughs> I feel like I, I definitely don't. Which is, it's hard for everyone. Like anyone yeah. that's like, no, like it was like, no, you're lying or like you didn't serve or I don't know. Cause it's hard. It is really it's just hard. as hard as coming out. Like it is a complete shift in how you live your life. Yeah. And I feel like I thrive with structure and like schedule. And so mission for me was like a dream because it's very structured and you schedule out every hour of your day. So I feel like I loved that. So coming home and having to do that myself and figure out what I'm going to do next and like trying to stay busy and be productive and figure out a purpose again. And, but also keep the same purpose of just always like serving. And I don't know. Um, it, it was really, really hard. And I think, I think any advice I would give, um, is first of all, to seek help if you need it. Cause I feel like I had really bad anxiety when I came home and I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and I think part of that was just, just the shift in general. So definitely seek help if you need it, but also find a purpose again. Mm. I think a, a purpose like gives us meaning and yeah. like, <laughs> it, it gives us purpose. It gives you direction and like things to do to work towards that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you something to focus on. And that's why a mission is so great. Cause it, you have a purpose every day and it feels good to have a purpose and to, to live towards it and to like, yeah, mm -hmm. be moving. Yeah. So that's whatever that may be. I mean, there's different like phases of life and, um, your purpose can change. Yeah, yeah. Your purpose can definitely change. And I think it's just realizing that other people have gone through that and also realizing that it is going to change kind of like mentally preparing yourself for that. Cause on the mission, you're so like honed in, like I have to give it my all for yeah. this short amount of time. And so I think you kind of get distracted or not distracted, but you get almost too focused that after like mentally preparing yourself that you're going to have to shift that after. Yeah. And it'll be great too. I, <laughs> I love that, that you get so focused that you like, you're not even like, I felt like I could have died after my mission and it would have been great because like <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do. And like, it was super tough coming mm. home. I remember yeah. talking to uh, our friend, Max, he's kind of like the person that connected me mm -hmm. and you and kind of your group of friends. But I was sitting with him after he came home from his mission. I said, so what's your purpose? Like, what are you going to do now? And I'd been home probably a year almost. And I like, kind of had like stumbled multiple times. I was starting to get like, okay, like we got to move on in life. Mm -hmm. And he's like, my purpose is to invite others to come. And I was like, <laughs> It was, that was your purpose. Like, yeah. And to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that will forever be your purpose, but right. you're not preaching the gospel 24 seven anymore. And like yeah. you live, live the gospel 24 seven people will see you, but like you got to build a foundation for like your family and the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, 
And God wants you to do and that. He wants like, you, and he'll support you in that. Like that's, yeah. that's part of the plan. So. Yeah. It's definitely harder for it's some hard. though to figure out what that is yeah. and to. It takes exposure. It takes time. Yeah. You gotta be willing to fail. Yeah. That's life. Definitely. But yeah, that, that's probably my main advice and just that it really, it can be really, really hard for some people. So <laughs> if that's you, then you're not alone and it gets better that sometimes it, it takes time to, to figure that out. Um, I think my testimony is just that I know that this really is the truth and that's why I loved my mission. And I, I know that everyone can, um, find out for themselves if it's true. And I also, I just know that, um, Jesus Christ is real and that he helps missionaries every day and he helps, um, us every day after our missions and every phase of life. I know that that's, that's why he's there. He wants to give us strength and comfort, um, through whatever we're going through. So I know that's, that's true. Awesome. Well, Caitlin, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having your husband come on. And I hope this will be something that you guys can reflect on and that your family can kind of enjoy the, the you know, snap, snapshot of this moment in your life. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we'll, we'll post this episode and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right.